Good morning. We're so excited to see you all. It's that time of year when people are coming and going. Lots of people are on the way out of town and people up in town. Uh, we're especially excited because Noah, wave your arms back there, Noah. He's going off with the youth, I think. We got Noah, we've got my sister, Rachel, and Ben. They are all in town. They've come all the way from Asia, Southeast Asia to be with us. So it's a special treat. Um, it's a miracle at two and a half years, uh, the complications with COVID and uh, world travel. It is so complicated, so difficult, so hard. And so we just wanted their presence with us. Look at Lydia. It, it, I'll, I'll tear up thinking about it, you guys. She just wanted her mom and dad with her and we wanted them with us. And this is this presence, you know, I don't even, I don't even need to be talking to them. They're here with us. They're with us. They're present with us. So that's what we do this time of year, right? We remember that God came to be present with us. God is with us. It's not distant, not in heaven, not far away. God is with us, Emmanuel, God with us. Here's a funny little example. Even my dog, we have a new puppy. I'm, I'm giving you all puppy status updates all the time because here he is, there he is. What is he doing there? Someone just went to go to the bathroom <laughs> and he's just sitting there. When are you coming out? When are you coming out? When are you coming out? That's how much he longs to be in our presence. <laughs> So Christmas, it's that time when we celebrate that God came to be with us, present in the form of a baby, the Lamb of God. But here's the deal. God has always been with us, right? Even before time, even the first two verses in Genesis, the first two books in the Bible, how do they describe creation? It says in Genesis 1, 1 through 2, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. I'm going to pause here for a minute and make sure this is off. He's the Holy Spirit is hovering over the surface of the waters. I'm not sure how to get that sound to stop. Anyways, what does that word mean, hovering? It means brooding, moving, relaxed, slow, watching over the waters. My, my study Bible describes it to a hen that is providing for and protecting its young God is that relaxed, but also that attentive, that detailed, that active and present about creation in us. It's been that way from the beginning. Tell me if there's at some point you want me to just switch microphones if it's too distracting. So the rest of the Bible is one story after another of God's people believing or not, does God really want to dwell with me? Does God really want to be present with me? And then we get to decide, we get to do how we're going to respond to God's presence. 
Are we going to be like Adam and Eve hiding from God's presence when things go wrong, when we don't do the right thing? Are we going to be like Jonah running from God's presence because we don't like what God has asked us to do? Are we going to be like people who just decide to worship other idols and other gods? Or are we going to be like Abraham and Sarah and say, we're going to follow you and your presence and where you want us to go? Or we're going to be like Jacob and wrestle with God? Or we're going to be like the psalmist and worship and sing and praise God? Or am I going to be like Mary who says, yes, I'm going to let you even invade my body, my physical body. I'm going to receive you, Holy Spirit, to do what you want to do in my life. So that's the whole, the story of the Bible is just one story of another, of people saying, am I going to respond to God wanting to be with me or not? Now, there's this Old Testament prophecy about Jesus' coming through Zechariah. It's Zechariah 2, 10 through 11. It says, sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for behold, I am coming and I will dwell in your midst, says the Lord. Many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day and they shall become my people and I will dwell in your midst and then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. God has this desire that we know and recognize his desire to be with us. So often in scripture too, there's these descriptions of God as a husband or a lover and she doesn't return the affection. How many of us have been there? Like we really like someone and they're not returning the, the favor and we're like, oh, this is crazy, but it's not that way with God. God's always there pursuing us. The feeling, his feelings for us never waver. We've always been the object of God's affection. The message version of that passage, I love it. It says, shout and celebrate. I'm on my way. I'm moving into your neighborhood. Don't you love that? Imagining God in your apartment complex, at your house, dwelling with you, being there. Many godless nations will be linked up with God at that time. They will become my family. I'll live in their homes. And then you'll know for sure that the God of the angel armies sent me on this mission. God wants to live in us, be our family. Okay, so it's the last week before Christmas, right? So I don't know about all of you, but I'm still coming in the door with Christmas shopping and packages and deliveries and that kind of thing. And I have this little kid in my house Jane, who since November, every time she sees me with any bag, says, did you buy me something today? Is there something in there for me? Is there anything on my list? I, I'm not kidding. Since November, every day, two or three times a day, she's very sly at trying to figure out what might be under the tree. And this has been the response since Kelsey and Caleb were little. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not because I don't like to tell lies. So if I did buy her something, she's just going to persist even more. And if I didn't, she's going to be upset because I bought presents for everyone else and not her. So it's always maybe, maybe not. Be assured today that when it comes to God's presence, there's no maybe, maybe not. It's not a guessing game with God. God desires to dwell with you. 
live in you, abide in you. Jesus promises in John 15, 4, remain in me and I will remain in you. God has been faithful throughout the ages to this promise. Even before Jesus was born, long, hundreds of years before Jesus was born, in Isaiah 7, the Lord says, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Lots of signs. God gave us lots of signs. The ones Aaron was referring to, there are lots of signs in the Bible. The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And we know this is what happened when we read in Matthew 1, 20 through 23, the angel confirmed this word to Joseph. When Joseph was worried about his marriage with Mary, the angel comes and says, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in you in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. There was no maybe, maybe not with that. God said it, and God did it. And God is faithful to us. Today, we know the whole story, right? We know that Jesus was born of a virgin. We know that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, as it says in John 1.14. We know that the word was crucified, buried, resurrected, and later he sent his spirit to be with us. And that God is indeed with us. Scripture is full of references to God's omnipresence. That's the idea that God is everywhere, always, all the time, at every moment, beyond even what we can comprehend. Psalm 139 is a famous psalm that talks about the God's presence and how we cannot get away from it. Let's read it together. Is that good? Read with me. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I send into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your right hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. God's presence is always with us. But there's another expression of his presence, and that's the abiding presence of God with us. It's that sense of his presence presence. It's that awareness of his presence. I mean, I don't know how many of you, we have a saying in one of our friend groups, um, if you're all at the table and someone at, at the table is on their phone and isn't paying attention, you know, and the rest of us in the group look at them and say, we're missing fun, Kelsey. We're missing fun, Kelsey. Where's Kelsey? You know, it's, it's, it's the way of getting them back engaged 
Sorry, I'm just picking on her. She doesn't do that. She's a safe person to use as an example. That's my daughter. <laughs> but it's this idea, we want you present. We know you're here, but we want you present. And Jesus wants to know, Jesus is like here, standing at the door waiting for us to acknowledge his presence. John 14, 23 says, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. The apostle Paul to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians 3, 16 says, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you? Something happens when we come here together and we're like, joy to the world. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It's like we recognize God is with us. And it's like we are present for the presence of God. Acts 17, 28, for in him we live and move and have our being. That's an awareness of God's presence. God wants to live in you and me and make his home in you and me. And we live and move and have our being in him. I have a bit of a random story here. Hang tight. We were at Aaron's nephew's graduation in LA and we were at the Getty Museum and it was so beautiful and it's free. It's the most incredible place. It's so beautiful. You gotta go if you ever go there. We're there going through the exhibits and all of a sudden Aaron comes up to me and he's like, Sarah, Sarah. It's like, Amy Adams is here. So Amy Adams is an actress. She's in Night of the Museum and I don't know, all sorts of movies, but she's cute and fun. He's like, Amy Adams is here at the museum. I was like, really? And so I look around and I see her and she's in the museum and I'm like, oh, that's kind of fun. That's cool. And then the next thing I was like, don't bug her. Do not stare at her. She was there with her mom and her, her two kids, or I don't remember how many kids, but I was like, just let her be in peace at the museum, please. Don't make a scene. <laughs> and I just wanted her, I just think we're crazy with celebrity stuff. And I was just, leave her alone. So it's kind of fun. We're all on the same track, just winding through the Getty, just winding through. And at some point, and we're try I'm trying to ignore her because we're all on the same path. And at some point, um, Jane has to go to the restroom. And I'm like, okay, you know, this was quite a few years ago. She's young. I'm like, okay, we're running outside trying to find the restroom. We're in the main halls. And then I find out the restroom's on a different floor. So I'm like, we got to go to the elevator. So we're kind of doing the fast walk to the elevator. And Amy Adams and her family get on the elevator. And I, and I start slowing down. I'm like, Let's let them get on the elevator in peace. But Jane, having no clue what we're even, she doesn't even, we haven't even told her Amy Adams is there. She's like, stop, stop, hold the doors open. And out goes the hand and the doors open and we climb onto the elevator with Amy Adams. And I don't know how to behave. <laughs> I am now four or five feet away from Amy Adams. And Jane at this point has recognized this is not an average person on the elevator. This is Amelia Earhart from Night at the Museum. 
So she's just staring at her. Nothing all that crazy happens except for I stick my foot in my mouth. I just say, thank you. We're looking for the bathroom. <laughs> That's what I say in that moment. And she's like, oh, it's on the first floor. Da, 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 da. Super gracious, super kind. We get off and we go on. It's just a silly story. But there's this idea that God is omnipresent. God is on the earth. And he's on the circuit with you. He's going on the journey with you through life. But he wants you in the elevator. <laughs> he wants you to be present with him. He's not a celebrity. He wants to be touched. He wants to be spoken to. He wants to be listened to. He wants relationship with us. So if God is with us and we turn to him and acknowledge him, what happens in God's presence? What happens when we're present to God? I'm gonna give you three things. There's lots of things that happen. There's so many things that happen, but I'm just gonna give you just three today. One is that God's presence brings freedom. There's a passage in Corinthians where Paul describes the Old Testament covenant way of relating to God, and he compares it to the New Testament way of relating to God because of what Jesus did when Jesus became the Lamb of God that took away the sin of the world. I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians 3, 12 through 18. Since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today, when we read or they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil and they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And for the Lord is the spirit. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Yes. Hallelujah. I don't have a lot of time to get into all that this means today, but I want you to hear that when you turn to the Lord from whatever you're doing, whatever place you are in life, when you turn to the Lord, veils and blindness and all the things that keep us from seeing the Lord begin to unravel and be removed. And there's a new way of seeing, a new way of relating, a new way of abiding and knowing God, a new way of coming into his presence. And it brings you freedom from bondage, freedom from sin, freedom from the weight of the law and all the things we feel like we have to do and should do. And it brings us into a freedom that is indescribable, really. It's like a weight is lifted Fear is diminished and no more. Shame becomes a thing of the past. And we become free to love wholly, like with all our whole heart, with all who we are and all our honesty. 
And we get to love and give and worship and breathe and come into rest. We don't have to strive or struggle to experience God's presence. We just look to him and are present. Where the spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. Freedom to just be with God. So incredible. The second theme for today, there's lots more. God's presence brings us rest and refreshing. Moses, that great leader of Israel, is leading all those people out of Egypt, and he gets stuck in a hard spot, and he's frustrated with all these Israelites, and he's having a conversation with God. He is free before God, and he's like, I, this is hard, God. You've been telling me, it says in Exodus 33, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Oh, that's my little paraphrase. I forgot to take that out of the PowerPoint. It's like Moses is saying, I can't do this without your help. And the Lord replies, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses says, if your present doesn't go with us, don't send us out from here. Whatever it is God's called you to do, maybe it's something with your family, maybe it's something at work, maybe it's something with your kids or your parents. We've got people in this room that are going to the nations, are going back to the mission field. Maybe wherever it is that God has called you to go, God promises to go with you and give you rest on that journey. Maybe you're going to a hospital. Maybe you're going to a doctor. Maybe you're going to a, a therapy session, or maybe you're going to um, an intervention with someone. I don't know. But you can pause and say, go with me. You can pause and say, I'm tapping into your presence, Lord. I don't want to go without you. Give me rest. The apostle Peter is preaching to a big crowd of people in Acts 3, 19. And he says, repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. Refreshment comes from the presence of the Lord. Psalm 73, message version. This is the song that you can sing. You can pull this open in your Bible app. When you're like stressed out and you're getting ready for a journey that you're not ready for, you can pull open this scripture and this is what you can sing. Like Eddie the elf, I'm singing, I'm singing in the store, wherever you are. <laughs> we don't have very many Eddie or elf people here, I guess. <laughs> oh, buddy, <laughs> buddy, I shipped Eddie, buddy and elf. <laughs> Anyways, you pull open your app or you pull open your Bible and this is what you sing. You're all I want in heaven. You're all I want on earth. When my skin sags and my bones get brittle, God is rock firm and faithful. Look, those who left you are falling apart. Deserters, they'll never be heard from again. But I'm in the very presence of God. Oh, how refreshing it is. I've made Lord God my home. God, I'm telling the world what you do. 
I'm telling the world, I'm telling the world, I'm in the store and I'm telling the world. Psalm 127.2, God gives rest to his loved ones. Do you need rest? Do you need refreshing? Don't we all? Isn't life just life? We're a people that need to enter into the very presence of God to rest, to turn to the Lord and seek his presence. The third thing, God's presence brings good news. We know, it says all over the Gospels, that Jesus went about proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. But even before Jesus started proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, the Christmas story, the salvation story, it's all about good news. Look constantly for the connection between God's presence and good news or joy. Good news is joy. We'll start with John the Baptist, Jesus's cousin, the son of Zechariah the priest, and Elizabeth says in Luke 1, while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. There's that joy and gladness. Zechariah says, how can this happen? I'm old. My wife is old. I'm not sure about this. And the angel says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It is he who sent me to bring you this good news. When we're in the presence of God, we receive good news, and he gives us good news to share with others. Thinking about the shepherds that Aaron mentioned earlier, we don't have that many shepherds that we know. We don't live in a rural community here in Salt Lake. So I like to picture maybe the cashier at the Flying J at 3 a.m. on the way to Wendover. <laughs> keeping a watch over a fleet of semis. I don't know. But have you ever been, you're driving all the way to California for Christmas. We've done this so many times. It's cold, it's freezing. You're out in the middle of the desert and you, and you come up onto those flying J's and you just see fleets and fleets of semis parked out there. I mean, I, I kind of imagine those are the kind of people Jesus shows up to and brings hosts of angels and choruses of angels and says, look for a sign. The angel says to them in Luke 2, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Suddenly there's a great company and a heavenly host singing glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. There's good news. There's great joy. There was good news and great joy and favor for Mary when she said yes to the presence of God in her body. I'm just so, I don't know, I think it's because I'm a 
I don't know, a kinetic person. I just like, God comes and dwells in our bodies. It's a miracle. This is a miracle that the God of heaven says, I'm going to make you my dwelling place. I, it's mind-blowing when we stop to think about it. And Mary is like confused and disturbed, it says in Luke 1. Confused and disturbed, Mary says, what could you mean? How can this happen? And the angel says, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. I'm here today to tell you that you have favor with God. You have favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus and the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the son of God. In Acts 2, we know that the Holy Spirit is available to all of us to come and overshadow us, to fill us up, to indwell in us. We get to welcome God's presence into our bodies. So by now, I hope you're all saying, I want God's presence. I don't just want to be on the journey with God, knowing God's watching over me, looking out for me, because God always is. You can go to the highest of places and the lowest of places, and God is with you. But I want to be present with God, and I want God to be present with me. What does this look like? Well, first, I'm going to tell you what it's not like, okay? So I just, Henry and Michelle the other day were telling me they'd never been to a white elephant gift exchange. I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, what, what is it? What's going to happen? And I was like, oh, my goodness, you do not know what you're getting yourself into. There, you have to do some research before you go to this white elephant exchange. Is this a real white elephant party where there are gag gifts and whatever? Or is this a, a polite white elephant gift exchange where everybody brings a nice gift? Because if I want you to be prepared, if you bring a really nice gift and you go home with a toilet seat, that's what a white elephant gift exchange is like. Just be prepared. You need to know the rules. Are you drawing out of a hat? How many times do you get to steal? How much do you want that present? How competitive you are? You got to do some soul searching before you go to a white elephant gift exchange. That's not what the presence of God is like. It is not a white elephant gift exchange where you have to figure out, is this a gag gift or a real gift? Is this a maybe or maybe not gift? How many times do I steal? How calculating do I have to be? It's not what the presence of God is like. Revelation 3.20 says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. You can come into his presence singing. Psalm 102 says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence 
with singing. Psalm, um, oh, I skipped one. Psalm 27, four, let's go back to one. It says, one thing I have asked from the Lord that I will look for, that I may live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. So you can just ask, you can just look, you can just say, Lord, can I experience your presence? Will you be with me today? And then throughout the day, you look, you look for him. You can come before him, like I mentioned earlier, with singing. That's what we do here. We come before his presence with singing. Psalm 51, 17. David made some major mistakes. We're talking major, like adultery and murder. Pretty serious mistakes. King David comes before the Lord with a broken and a contrite heart. He says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. You can come to God in so many ways and God is there for you, just waiting for you to be present. Um, I'm gonna tell a story. Um, Kelsey, do you wanna come up? She's gonna finish with a song for us. I just read this, it's not even my notes. There's a story by a guy named Roy Borges, I think. He um, was an inmate in prison and it was Christmas night. And if you ever notice me worshiping with my hands behind my back, it's because God's just had the prisoners on my heart the last year or so. And sometimes I'll worship and just be thinking about prisoners and just asking God to bless the persecuted church, to um, be with people um, who are in prison, because our prisons are dark and tough places. So this guy writes that he ended up in maximum security for the couple weeks before Christmas and during Christmas. And it was really tough for him. He said, all I had to look forward to were um, three showers. That's the only time I got out of my cell. And he's like, Chris, I was not looking forward to Christmas. But he had his Bible and he started reading his Bible and he started reading about Paul and Silas and he just said on Christmas, he started singing. He's like, I'm going to start singing. And he started singing, O come, Emmanuel, God with us. O come, Emmanuel, ransom captives. And then the guy next door sang, pretty soon, everyone starts singing. And the guy next to him starts singing, Joy to the World. And next, they're singing, Feliz Navidad. And then by the time the night was over, he said, you know, God was present with me in this place. God was present with me. So just regardless of where you are, regardless of how messed up or how wonderful your life is, I want you to know that you can come boldly and confidently to the presence of God, wherever you're at in the highest of heavens or in the lowest places of hell. Like if you, we heard Steve and Brenda's story last week, 
God's love comes that far and you can be in his presence. Ephesians 3.12 says, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. So Lord, I just pray for anyone who's listening, anyone who's watching, for those of us who are here. Help us open the doors to our heart. Help us be a people. You're there, God. We turn to you. We want to be present with you. We want to talk with you. We want to listen to you. We want you to hold us. We want to hold you. We want to see you like the Lamb of God. We want to see you with new eyes, with no veil, with nothing of the law or the old ways. We want to see you afresh. We want to have a first love eyes for you. Would you do that for us this Christmas season, Lord? We will do that for you. Amen. So Kelsey's going to finish with this song and then we'll close. The world waits for a miracle. The heart longs for a little bit of hope. Oh, come. Oh, come, Emmanuel. A child prays for peace on earth. She's calling out from the sea of hurt. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. And can you hear the angels singing? Glory to the With the tears of a mother, a baby's cry is the sound of love. Come down, come down, Emmanuel. He is a song for the suffering. He is Messiah, the Prince of Peace has come. He has come, Emmanuel. And can you? For all who hunger, for all who
So if you would like us to pray with you, if you would um, want to reach out to someone, you could reach out to someone you might have come with to pray with you. Uh, we have a table over here where Jerry and Carolyn would be happy to pray with you. You can reach out online and message us with your phone number or an email address and we'll call you back. Um, don't be afraid. The favor of the Lord is with you and his presence goes with you. Enjoy that this week. Amen. Okay, God bless. <laughs>